that backlog out of my face. That was terrible. That was so bad. <laughs> that was magnificent. That was so bad. That was um, nacho. Nacho. <laughs> backlog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, trying to think think of uh, Nacho in case you haven't heard the or haven't seen the movie Nacho Libre. It comes highly recommended by both, both of, of us. Both of us. Yes. Yes. Both hosts. On today's episode of the Backlog Breakdown, um, we've got, you know, in case you don't know us already, I'm Josh. I'm one of your co-hosts. And then, of course, we have Mr. Nate. I'm Nate. Nate. I'm Nate. We are here. It's your your regulars. But I felt like just introducing us um, in case you didn't know that we were regular. Uh, anyways. <laughs> whoa, whoa. We always... I did um, not think this was about bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to make it about bowel movements. But let's talk about our uh, the backlogs that we've beaten down over the past couple of weeks. Then we might talk about bowel movement. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It wasn't. It didn't work. It didn't work. Oh yuck! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the one who went there, so blame That's it true. on me, man. Blame yeah. it on me. You know the switch. Mm. It has that great feature that oh, the uh, poop and play. <laughs> Dude, it's the best. I love it. <laughs> I get to stay on the toilet all of my life. Um, anyways. <laughs> so we're we're laughing about Nacho Libre because we both like that movie. Um, and you recently showed it to your wife. Yes, for the first time. That's, yeah. that is amazing. I remember Nacho seeing Libre, movie theaters. The, the quotes from that movie have actually started to work their way into our household and to, yes. to one extent. Um, yes. I, I, I told you in the, in the preamble, but uh, we were, we, we've had a lot of sweet corn here and uh, mm-hmm. the, there's been a like, get that corn out of my face. <laughs> so same here, but it's been coming from my three-year-old son. So most excellent that you're raising him well. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, what I like to say about that movie is that because um, I'm half Mexican. Okay. My mom's side is full Mexican. Um, and our whole family enjoys that movie and uh, we are just Mexican enough to where, um, my immediate family, like my mom, my parents, my family Mm -hmm. really like that movie, but my grandparents are offended by it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I, I shouldn't laugh at them being offended at it, but no, it makes sense. It, it's, it's really just kind of, well, and you might need to know my grandparents too, is, is it, it's like, they just find it kind of disrespectful, if that makes mm, sense. Whereas yeah. my mom is like, no, this is so on point. <laughs> She's like, no, but, this is pretty much a perfect cartoon. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's kind of, well, uh, we don't have to go down this road, but I will anyway. Have you ever seen the movie Bernie that is also starring Jack Black? Oh, is that the one? I haven't seen it, but that's the one where he's like a mortician or whatever. Yes. Or, and he like, he he's hooking up or shacking up with a, a, a much older woman. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have not seen it. I know what you're talking about though. So that one's based on a true story and it's set in, in West Texas, like where oh, it yuck. actually happened. And that is another movie where it's like, they just absolutely nail West Texas so well. Um, <laughs> but 
anyway, so yeah, it's it's very similar. And it's also Jack Black, which is funny. But uh, yeah, no, he's a funny guy. A, a talented man, for sure. He is. Um, he's a very funny dude. Dude, I, so, uh, you know, just while we're on the topic of Jack Black, uh, mm-hmm. a couple episodes of So Talk To Me Ago, you guys brought up the Jack White, Jack Black collaboration. Yes. The Jack Gray Project. Oh, is that uh, what it's what called? It, I think that's what they're, they're calling it that, I think. I Is there any, is that out yet? Has that anything been released or? I honestly have no idea. It was literally an ad that I saw on a website and I was like, oh, wow. Hey, they do have different, like, their names go together. I've never noticed that before. Um, so I just thought it was funny. Um, oh, yeah, you're right, Jack Gray. There's a video about it on Jablinski Games. Do you know what that is? That's his YouTube. That's Jack Black's That's Jack YouTube. Black on YouTube, yeah. So it's, I guess they, Have you watched any of his videos? I have not. He's he's actually hysterical. Like, dude, some of, like, there's parts where I'm just like, meh, but... Gotcha. Yeah, it looks like this is saying that um, technically all that happened was Jack White joined Tenacious D for like a song or something like that. But that would yeah, still so. be super fun. Yeah, I just I want to know how that would work because Jack Black and Kyle are just really pretty bombastic. Yeah, and where Jack White is like super minimalist and yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, in a lot of ways, like Tenacious D is very like minimalist in a lot of ways. Too. It's just two dudes and guitars for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then they have their friends guest on different instruments from time to time. But like, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, we'll need to D. report back. Someday we'll, we'll hear that, that, that piece of ear candy. <laughs> that sounds kind of gross. Ear candy actually would probably be pretty gross. Like crystallized. Uh, anyways. Ear wax. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went. I went there. <laughs> so, how how have you been, dude? Um, I have been good. Uh, the, as you can probably tell from my throat and the way that I'm talking, um, I did get sick, so I was down and out for. I mean, it was the better part of one day, and then it's just like recovery. So mm. you know, one day I was knocked out and feeling bad, and the next day I was back up like eighty, ninety percent back. Um, so it was pretty short that I was, you know, like holed up in my room, just working on stuff, um, taking the day off from work and all that stuff. But, um, after that, it's just been some coughing, some hacking, some Mm -hmm. sniffling and stuff like that. But, um, no, it's, it's okay. Other than that, you know, just busy with life stuff back in the swing of doing school on top of my other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I probably say this a lot, but stuff at work is kind of crazy too. Um, Actually, yeah, I guess I could say it here, um, but it was just announced this past Sunday that we're going to be adding another service on Sunday mornings. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, which is cool. I am, yeah, it's cool. I'm stoked for it. It's it just means that there's a lot of details that need to be worked out in order to Mm -hmm. in order to work that out because it's on a different um, it's in a different room on campus. And so, um, being head over tech, you know, we got to make sure the room's outfitted and then that we have the people to, you know, run stuff and cause, cause we'll have two simultaneous services going on at the same time. Oh, wow. And so there's, there's just some stuff that needs to be worked out. Oh, that's yeah. fancy. 
is that like a a Spanish language no service it, or is it's just a different service running simultaneously yeah yeah it's okay. the style of music so we'll be going back to or i say back we we had done it in the past of of like having a more contemporary styled service and then a more traditional styled um service in terms of music but then um our pastor is going to be or whoever is preaching actually is going to be preaching live at all three services because we we have always had two um so they'll be going on at the same time, but there's like a staggered start time um, so that he can preach. He can go from one room and when he's done preaching, go into the other room and give that message again. Um, and then like an hour later, give oh. that message again. Oh, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. When they when I was told about the idea a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, are you sure you can do that? Like, that sounds like it would wipe me out hardcore, but... Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Hmm. So, how's school? Um, it's good. It's good. It's it's got you know. It just takes up a lot of time. <laughs> I got mm-hmm. used to the summer, unfortunately. So it's like, oh man, all my free time is going to this. A considerable amount of my free time. That's all. Not all of it. I have been, as we'll see in the report. I have played a few games, um, but it definitely has cut back on that time. Um, but no, it's, it's been good. Uh, you know, I talked about it a little bit on the previous episode, but it's, it's like a, a geography of ancient Israel course, um, yeah. which has been really interesting. So we, we've taken a look at a couple different, um, stories primarily in the old Testament right now. And then to like marked off on our maps, like where these things took place and kind of why also that that's kind of the bigger thing is like why they took place in this area, the significance geographically of israel itself that it was like in the center of like some major trade routes and so it was a very coveted piece of land for that um so it, it, it's been really interesting and i've enjoyed it um i kind of bombed one of my quizzes though the other day which was pretty oh, no. frustrating yeah i i didn't realize what it was going to be asking um and then it gave me like this in my opinion, very poor, like, line-drawn map, and then had, like, 25 different areas that you were supposed to fill in. Like, what is this air? Like, what is this city? What is this region called? What is it? And I'm just like, I didn't memorize the map. (laughs) That just seems like, I don't know, man. Like, that's, like, sort of, like, I mean, I guess maybe that's part of, like, the the point of geography, but at the Mm -hmm. same point in time, that just, like... I don't know. It just sort of seems weird to me. Yeah. yeah I, like those are the quizzes that I always hated. Mm-hmm. It's like memorize this map and it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing my professor had said, like, so there are four quizzes throughout the course. And so he was like, this is the first one. So basically like study for it and you'll kind of know what to expect for the other quizzes. So even though I didn't do very well, I'm kind of just like shrugging it off. Like, okay, next time I know, like in my studying to like memorize the major cities that we talk about over the course of those two weeks previous. So like, I don't know, man. It just, ah, it seems like a bit of a setup to me, man. Like he could (laughs) have just said like, Hey, this map, these cities, I'm going to ask you where they are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been 
it would not have been quite a blow to my ego. I'll put it that way. Because yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was getting pretty frustrated. I'm just like, ah, because it's also, you know, it's an online course. And so, um, the, you know, before you, you sign into that quiz, it's like this, this, you know, this quiz is closed book. Obviously they can't do anything to enforce that, but they're like, look, you're going to like a Christian college. Like, yeah, God knows if you lie, like, don't, this is closed book, you know, <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't like laying it on thick, but at the same time it was pretty, it was pretty blunt of just like, don't do it. <laughs> you know, like you're agreeing by, by starting this quiz, you're agreeing like you're not going to do that. So there was definitely that frustration of just like, I've got my book like right over there and I could answer this if I could just mm. do that. But no, I, instead I just bombed it. So my professor knows that I was, that I'm not a liar. Clearly. <laughs> he, knows, he knows that the failing grades. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> or the ones that he's like, no, they, they took this seriously. The rest <laughs> of you all get up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but no, it's, it's, I've, I've been good. I've been good. How about you, dude? Um, well, so I had a week of vacation and mm. really didn't do a whole lot. Actually, uh, that week of vacation, I did get caught up on a little bit of reading, uh, not anything major, sort of just was trying to get into better habits okay. over the course of that week, came back to work and then like two days into work, three days into work, got sick. Um, nice. Like, uh, and I'm not even sure, like, you know, it, I don't know, maybe people can tell based off of, I, 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 I don't know. I know that I sound different to myself, but mm. anyways, um, and I know that Megan has told me that I sound a little different, but, uh, you know, just, I know, you know, we talked about it a little bit before, um, we started recording, uh, the audio for the show and it's uh the the mold allergen is extremely high mm -hmm. like highly active right now and uh that's like that's the only thing i can think of is that i have and i'm having an allergic reaction to the different molds and stuff in the air and so Fine. uh you know it, it it it's gotten better I feel like okay. the first couple of days, like the first day, it was like I had my scheduled day off from work. I actually called off um, and used a sick day because just like I had I had the day off and then I felt pretty good for the, the majority of the day. And then around supper time, like I just like couldn't, I, I was a little stuffy like all day long, but I I just couldn't keep up. I just felt like, like trash. And so I called off and then I pretty much spent the day in bed, um, all day Friday. I was pretty much just laying around the house and then I worked Saturday and then I had, I stayed home from church yesterday. Um, oh, wow. so yeah, I just, it's, it's just kind of like, I'm, I'm not even like really, I wouldn't even call it like, I don't think it's a head cold or anything. I think I'm just... Like whatever this allergen is, it's like kicking my teeth in. Yeah. Um, but I just feel drained. It's like, you know, when you're carrying around like what feels like 10 pounds of extra snot and mucus Ugh. in your head yeah. is like, it's just like, it's like, 
you know, the, the, I, well, I, so I carried mail on Saturday. It's just all day long, just like the sniffles. And it's just like, <sighs> you just hit a point where you're just like, oh, come on, for Pete's sake. Yeah. Like, my nose is running again. Like, come on. Um, so there was that. Uh, like I said, I did some reading, uh, that Calming Your Spirit or whatever, that devotional book. It was mm-hmm. keeping up with that for a little bit. And I, and I only have like, a few more days left in that. It's a 31 day devotional that I've managed to turn into two months of reading. Um, <laughs> go me. Um, and I was doing pretty good actually with memorization over the week of vacation. And I was even doing like, okay at the beginning of last week. But then, like I said, I got sick and I went to the tavern in Habitica and uh-huh. I just like, I've just sort of like, I haven't been counting my calories. I haven't been doing anything. Like, it's just like, kind of like, I'm just in like, just get through the day mode right now. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm spending a lot of time like laying around and because I'm spending a lot of time laying around, eh, video games are a natural sort hey. of fit for that. Uh, so I, I did play a few things, but uh, yeah. So nice. Nice. Well, that is a good segue. Then we can go ahead and roll right into our backlog report. And that sweet Foley work. <clears throat> so good. <laughs> there you go. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, mine's going to be, I'll go first. Uh, so like I said, manage the sort of like the week of vacation, managed to keep up with reading and everything. Didn't really like get caught up or get ahead, you know, uh, probably just spent a lot of time just sort of bumming around, lounging around. Oh, I smoked one of my cigars. Did I tell did I tell you about this? I so no. I buy the same like 15 pack. It's a bundle and it's Ooh, it's nice. three different brands and it's five different cigars. Um it's uh, five Alec Bradley Prinsados, five Rocket Patel Decades and five CAO 660s, the flatheads. Nice. And um so I get that all the time. And when we went out to my parents uh for Father's Day, the over Father's Day weekend, I hit cigars international i got that bundle right that that pack and every one of those alec bradley prensados smoked like garbage i've been like and that's actually one of my like all three of those i really like all three of those but every one of those alec bradley's would just smoke like trash and the last one I just was like, I let it sit for like a few months and I probably should have just left as soon as like the first couple burned really bad. I mean, they just didn't want to stay lit. The The draw was like, I mean, that last one, I, I pulled on it and pulled on it and fought with it and it just would not stay lit. I burned like, and maybe an inch of it. And I just, I had to keep relighting it and just... So I, I sent Cigars International an email and I'm just like, hey, I just said to him in it, I said, like, I buy this this pack from you guys two, three times a year. I've never had a problem with this thing before. Uh I'm just letting you know. I, I don't I, I think I was talking to somebody and I think they were just too fresh. Either that or there was like, you know, just I got like a bad batch or something, you know, rolled by a crummy roller or something. But mm. anyways. That's that's off off topic. So um, I did some reading, you know, the stuff that I've been sort of uh, that confessing the faith, that commentary on the Westminster Confession of Faith. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, did some reading 
through that. Um, we're actually using that for family worship. And, and, you know, memorization work, I have like the first five verses of chapter two in Galatians nice. sort of down. Um, I'm working on the back half of the first 10, 11 um, verses. Because um, that's like that's like sort of a thought process in there like there's a it's basically the opening paragraph to that second chapter anyways okay uh, so i'm working on that and i sort of stalled out last week you know being sick and um yeah you know so as far as like reading and memorization like vacation week was actually pretty good back to work week um and i'd say mostly because i got sick or whatever this is right it's like eh, it just i i pumped the brakes on it um so but in that time, uh, I did manage to beat Horizon Zero Dawn's DLC, The Frozen Wilds. Um, I just finished like the main campaign sort of thing. I didn't 100% it, and I don't know if I'm going to. Uh, it's okay. fine. It's I really like Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, and I, I probably said this before. I feel like in a lot of ways it didn't get a fair shake because it came out around the same time as... The game which shall not be named. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I actually read a comment on Twitter where somebody said, like, you know, they said the combat in Horizon Zero Dawn is much better than the combat in, Horizon, in Breath of the Wild. But mm-hmm. they feel like every other part of Breath of the Wild is significantly better than Horizon Zero Dawn. And I was like, yeah, that I think that might be a fair assessment. I don't I don't know. I haven't uh-huh. played enough Breath of the Wild to... to um, really but that's the thing it's like combat is such a huge part of that that i'm like that's a big problem for me if if like the bulk of the game is going to be this this element and it's done poorly anyways anyways sidetracked sidetracked sorry (laughs) didn't want to get on the breath of the wild sort of like rant but it was fun it was fun it introduced a few new weapons and a few new like armor outclass like some some more robot varmints to to beat up and and kill and uh yeah, it was uh it was it was good. It was fun. Um overall, my save file, I think it had like a time clock on there, and I don't have any idea how much of this was actual playtime, but it was like over 110 hours. Wow. It had logged on that thing. So I was like, "Oh, woof." Wow. <laughs> that's that's including the the DLC stuff, so. Yeah. Um I I like that game. Um but then I played that little handheld um, jam, uh, Reverie. Yes, and it's like, yeah. dude, I I don't know. I it's like it's one of those things that like I kind of liked it. I actually I, I liked it a lot. It's short, like it. It's like I beat it in like five hours, okay. six hours maybe. And it's it, you know it's like four or five dungeons, and it's it's a little Legend of Zelda clone, um, sort of thing. And and it's fun. It's fine. Like it's, I had a good time with it. Uh, there's some like like to. I don't know if it has a platinum per se, but to hundred percent it, there's like some extra dungeons and some little like fetch quest stuff that I'd have to knock out. And I'm just like, eh, I don't know if I liked it that much. Yeah. So, um, which you know, I really do want like the hundred percent platinums that I actually go after and chase. I wanted to be because like no, I I legitimately really am fascinated with this game. Mm-hmm. And um, then I started up what I probably should have started up a while ago, and this is a uh, uh, but golf story, man. Uh, uh, yeah, that game is real good. Um, 
If someone would have told me that I would have enjoyed a golf game as much as I'm enjoying that game, I would have called them a filthy liar. Um, <laughs> it's it's so weird and charming and fun. Yeah. Um, like it's pretty much all I've been playing for the last like four or five days. Nice. Um, I'm well. Megan and I played everybody's golf, or you know, tonight we played. We played a few holes of that, and it's just like video game golf is fun. But um, <laughs> no, like it's it's so weird, it's so goofy, like because yeah. it's like it's a golfing game at its core, but then it like they add like these RPG sort of like light elements to yes. it. Yes, yeah, and I'm just like wh- what? <laughs> yeah, and so um, and there's like the the story's fun. The story's like mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and it's like. There's like real stakes in for me in those like tournaments and stuff. Uh-huh. I haven't lost a tournament. So like the yeah. the different ones where you're playing against like the the computer or whatever. I haven't lost any of those and I don't know if that's just because like the computer's like oh like he's playing like trash, but I also like you know especially in the first couple of courses, like I come in like 5 or 6 under par. So nice. Um, for the for the for the most part like i've gotten a hole in one and i almost pooped a little bit <laughs> when it happened i was like i i got real excited um but so i'll that'll definitely like be my side piece while um you know and not to get too far ahead but it's september 2nd uh-huh it's psycho not september it's and true. nate is super pumped um so i'm gonna be firing that up here pretty soon and that one shouldn't be that big a deal for me like you know i, I beat this back on the ps2 and um like do eventually like it's something that i, I very much want to chase the platinum on this one because i really like oh, that wow. game okay but i'm like i'm not gonna be like freaking out about it like this is mo- more just i just want to have a good time over the next month um so, but that is my report. Nice. Nice. So. Yeah. Um, man, oh man. Yeah. Golf story is great. It was one of the, it, it was the first game that I finished on switch. Funny enough. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's very charming. All the characters, just the way that you, the interactions are done are really funny. Cause a lot of it is tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Like it knows you've seen these tropes before and it kind of plays with that. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's got a great kind of sarcastic, but lovable, charming sarcasm, um, in a lot of the stuff that it does. That first tournament that, um, so I, I played that and I mean, I crushed it. Like everybody else is like one or two strokes over, like the closest person was like one or two strokes. over. I was like uh-huh. seven strokes under That's and I was like, I mean, I was just wrecking that, <laughs> that course. Um, and because it's like the, the mechanics are do like, and there's so much you can do like the, the backspin top spin. Yeah. Like uh, adjusting, like where you hit the ball, like shaping the ball and everything. anyway, anyways, uh, but that where your vindictive ex-wife comes <laughs> yeah, and she's like, I was like, dude, like this, this is the worst. <laughs> and it's just like, she's just a horrible human being. Yeah. So, I mean, she did get blown off for, yeah, apparently apparently she's your wife so yeah. apparently like you just bounce like because you're like ah, i'm gonna go play golf so yeah. i mean eh, you're kind of a deadbeat so <laughs> yeah but 
but no, it's it's fun. It's I'm really liking it. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one because yeah, I was I was very impressed by it. And and yeah, I mean, it's not like I've played through many golf <laughs> games before. Um, but it was just. But it's funny too because I was also told it was like, oh, don't think of it as a golf game. Think of it as an RPG. And it's like, no, no, like video game golf is mostly what you do in this game. Um, it just does it in, in such a way that like you're doing a lot of side things and there's, there's like areas to explore. And so like, just go ahead and knock off all the different challenges on the map because you'll actually get rewarded for a lot of stuff. So it's very RPG ish. Yes. Like there are a lot of RPG elements. There's like the, the stat building and everything else like the stat management, like the upgrade, the equipment upgrade loops and all that stuff. But like, dude, at its core, like the way you generally interact with the game is by golfing. Right. So exactly. It's, it's a golf game. Yeah. It's a golf game with RPG elements. Like it's, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Like I, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to be like trying to keep my eye on that studio and, and sort of see yeah. what else they've done. Cause like that's, it's if if what I've played so far is any indicator, like that there's a lot of talent right there. Like there, there's some people who know how to craft a really good um, experience. Yeah. So yeah, and I don't know. Um, I don't know like the people in who had created the game. I believe it's an Australian develop developer, and uh, the, I my understanding is this is the only game that they've made, at least as well, then, a development team. I'll definitely sort of be keeping my eye out for anything else they make, though. Yeah. Then, kind of a like, like a Hollow Knight situation, I guess. Now that I very think mu- about it, very much <laughs> crazy. So. Yeah. Um. All right. So, what have I been playing? So, I I do have to say, just because you brought it up, I did start Psychonauts the other day. Mm. So I've put about forty five minutes into it. Um. I'm playing it on PC, and so I could okay. like crank it up to 1080p, which was really cool. Um, not to be like a, you know, not to be a nerd about it or anything. I mean, I am a nerd, but you know, I, not that it really matters, but I, I will just say it was funny from like going to playing the game to when it hit a cutscene is like, there's a noticeable drop in quality for the cutscenes compared to, uh, compared to just like playing through the game. Um, because I'm actually playing it in 1080p. So that was kind of funny, but no, it's, it's been fun. But like I said, I'm at the very beginning, so. We'll see as it comes. Um, I'm definitely committed to trying to finish it up before the month is out. Um, yeah. Okay. So Dragon Quest Eight. I really have not touched it hardly at all, except today. <laughs> I played a little bit of it today, um, and it's fun. You know, it, it's it's still it's got its hooks in me. I've just my time for video games has been so much more sporadic lately yeah. that i've wanted some shorter experiences and so i found a couple games and a couple reasons to play these games so um the first one that i played is a game called it'll do and it's funny uh because you mentioned is that the i-t-t-l-e yes d-e-w okay yes. i've seen it um haven't i i haven't played it but I, I know what you're talking about sort of yeah it's it's it is a good game. I actually um, started playing it because, you know, I talked about last time how I beat Brothers, and that was kind of a go-to game with my kids. This one looked just cartoony enough, and my son is way into pirates right now, and this is this girl washes up on this island, um, 
and she's a very she's a very spunky little girl. It's not like oh no, what am I gonna do? No, it's it's a uh, it, it's also kind of tongue in cheek as well. Um, so I wanted to play through it because I'd heard good things about it. It was only two, maybe three hours long, and it's a Zelda clone. Um, and okay. The thing about it, though, is that it is heavy on the puzzles. If you enjoy Zelda puzzles, um, you'll probably like this one. And But the combat is a little more floaty. It's not quite as refined as a, as a Zelda game. So um, take that for what it's worth. The puzzles are way more difficult than Zelda. Like, they gradually get more difficult and you have to kind of stretch your brain in order to kind of work through them. Um, so they can get a little frustrating, but uh, it, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. So um, played through it'll do, like I said, it, it was only a few hours long. You, there are all kinds of like challenges and achievements and stuff that I just didn't even want to touch because often when I would stumble into extra like special rooms the I would try some of the challenges and they were these puzzles and they were like way harder than like I would stay there for a good, you know, 10 minutes or so trying to work on it before I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm not, well, really- and if you're looking for something that's sort of like a more bite-sized sort of like smaller experience, dumping an hour into a room for a challenge is kind of like, that's, that's almost sort of, the antithesis of what you're trying to accomplish. Yes. And it's not very exciting if my kids are watching. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so that's part of it too. Um, and, so if that's your thing, if you play Zelda games for the puzzles, then you will love this game. Um, just like I said, it's the combat is not, it, the, the hit detection doesn't feel as strong. There, there's just something weird about the timing of everything. Um, you kind of have to get used to it. When you finally get a projectile attack, it feels a lot, you feel a lot safer. Um, but anyways, uh, it's it's good. It's good, though, if you're a fan. Um, just know that there are some puzzles. So it'll do, um, I also finished Hotline Miami. So on uh, the opposite end of the spectrum um, in terms of content. Super not kid-friendly. Not at all. <laughs> Um, if you want to see like eight bit people getting their faces bashed in and blood strewn across the walls, um, Hotline Miami may be the game for you. Uh, <laughs> but I had mentioned how I started the game and I wasn't too into it. it I couldn't quite yeah. tell. Um, playing with the controller, it's way more comfortable. And it definitely got me in the groove way more. So I enjoyed it a lot more. I I just realized I am absolute garbage at keyboard and mouse. That is not the my forte. Only time keyboard and mouse really works for me is when I'm playing shooters. Okay. And that's that's just I mean, and that's that's a re- that's the reason that I really don't get into console based shooters. Okay. Is because I grew up playing them on with the WASD and mouse. Ah. And so it's, I mean, I, I'll play a shooter on, I mean, I love doom. So yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying like, yeah. Yeah. The original WASD shooter, right? Something yeah. Like but no, it's, it's a really awkward, like PC has a really, in my opinion, for most games, 
really terrible interface. So okay, yeah, I I I like my controllers, and so the USB mm-hmm. ports on my PC are great. Uh, especially, especially since the uh, Switch Pro controller is natively supported by Steam, which is really cool. So that's my oh, that's super cool. That's my controller of choice at the moment. So uh, yeah, Hotline Miami. I did. I like it a lot more than my first initial impressions. Um, I did finish it. I had no idea what was going on in terms of the story, but I watched some YouTube videos and found out that like. To get the story, you basically need to gather up ev- all the little like special items in the game and find out all the secrets in the game until you can actually get the the real story behind it. So I am very much content with just watching YouTube and getting all of that um, because this game gets quite difficult. Um, mm. I do like the gameplay loop, especially since I was able to control it a lot better with the controller, um, because there is just an instant respawn once you die. So you mm-hmm. can try some things and, and really just kind of, uh, drill down on what it is that you're going to do in the, the floor that you're in. You're a mercenary. And so you just go in and kill everything that moves basically. But if you get shot by anything, then you die. So um, it's it's really made to kind of die and learn and try again over and over and over and over again until you finally get it. And it works. Uh, the last boss was quite frustrating, <laughs> I will say. Um, they really kind of forced you to beat him a very specific way, and you learn by trying different things and dying a lot. But, um, yeah, so I did end up finishing it and I get why, um, I get why it's highly rated. Although I, gosh, I'm sorry to say this out loud. I think it's slightly overrated just because I was reading, like it was getting like nines and tens when it was first released, um, like almost one game of the year that year. Um, Mm. and so I'm just like, oh man, uh, no, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't put it up there. But that's also just due to my preferences, you know, like this style of very much like ultra violent type game, um, is just not what I usually look for in a video game, you know? But I wonder, yeah, and I'll just, I'll look it up in the background here, but I wonder what else came out with the original Hotline Miami. Because it could have just been one of those things where there, it just might not have been a super strong year. Yeah, it could have come out in 2019. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough, man. I'm That's just rough. kidding. I, I No, there there have been some cool... Astral Chain just released, and I've heard that's gotten really good reviews. So it's got me looking at... And then Dragon Quest Eleven and Silk Song mm-hmm. supposed to come out this year. The Link's Awakening... Uh, remaster i mean there, there's there's a bunch of good stuff i'm just i'm just mm-hmm. there's there just hasn't haven't been those like handful of like this defined this year in gaming if that makes sense up to this point so anyways um but maybe that's also because i've been playing backlog golf i don't know <laughs> i've been playing uh, old yeah. games. but spe- yeah there, there is that speaking of old games though the last one that I played, um, I got a hankering for an old 2D fighting game. And so I was looking through my backlog and realized that I had a collection of games that I had never touched on the Wii from SNK. 
And oh. so like, it's actually very similar to the Metal Slug collection that I played through earlier this year. I have the King of Fighters collection, uh, the Orochi Saga on Wii. And so it contains King of Fighters 94, 95, 96, 97, and 98. So the first five games in that series. And yeah, like I said, I had never touched them before. So I was interested in in checking them out. And that's been fun to kind of look into like what King of Fighters is um, as a series. It's actually their... It's SNK's like crossover series, basically. Okay. They take a bunch of different like the art of fighting. Um the the team that I played at so it's a three on three fighter. And in the very first game, the one that I played, uh, King of Fighters ninety four, um, you choose what team you want to be and you get all three characters. You don't actually get to choose the three different characters. Um uh. I played through the game as the Ikari Warriors, if you know that series back on NES. Um, it was actually, I'm it was an to... arcade first. It was like a top-down uh, uh, shooter type game. Um, but the games on NES were terrible because they were just, they were just broken. But anyways, uh, so I played through as them. And uh, th- there's something called the SNK Boss Syndrome. <laughs> that I am just now uh, recognizing, just now experiencing on my own. And that's basically where the difficulty of the final boss of the game is, or or no, 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 just the final boss in general is super cheap and way stronger than anything that you can possibly be or do. Like, it is not fair in the least. It's not just that the computer is really good. It's that the character that the computer is playing at as is literally just stronger than you in every way. Um, so hmm. I thought this was going to be just a quick playthrough because, you know, it's like, oh, it's it's a 90s. And you were t- wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, last, the last boss, I probably spent a good, like, 45 minutes on him alone, just, just him. And I was about to, I was about to abandon the game. I was about oh to my goodness. just take the, you know, just even submit it to the the group to see if I could get my point for it because I had been fighting him for so long and I was just like, I was getting frustrated. <laughs> it's just like, this dude sucks. I just want to be done. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on. Because then there were those times where he would kind of like open up a little bit and I would get really close to beating him. And those were the times where I was just like holding on. Uh, and then the next time I would try and fight him, he would just completely demolish me. And mm. I'm just like, this is, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was frustrating. I was infuriated, but I did end up beating him by like, just barely being able to beat him. So um, I finished that game and I've heard that the first entry is not the best um, because you get to actually choose your three fighters in the other games. So I may play the other games here. I don't know if, if I feel like playing another fighter, I might go back to it. Um, but just based on that boss, I'm going to have to toughen up a little bit or maybe spend more time kind of learning all the characters to find out who I'm good at before taking the plunge to kind of play through a game. So Anyways, it'll do Hotline Miami and King of Fighters 94. Those are the games that I've been playing over the past couple weeks. Um, in terms of reading, 
I read through a classic work called The Art of War by... Mm, uh, by Sun Tzu. Yes, yes. Um, and this is one... So I actually, I listened to it, and it makes me want to buy the book and read through it very slowly, because it's a lot of it is like a collection of... It's a collection of sayings, is basically what it is. Yeah. But it's broken up into chapters, because they're different uh they have to do with different things um and really i feel like although i enjoyed it the way that i consumed it was not um ideal for the for what it was trying to get across does that make sense it's like if you listen through the book of proverbs yeah in a few sittings like that's not it's just not ideal <laughs> like Proverbs, I feel like, are, are things that you can kind of sit and simmer on for a while instead of just like going from A to Z, if that makes yep. sense. So no, you should you should definitely like pull out a thought, zero in, and hang out there for a while, and, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah. So so I need to go back to it, but um, but I enjoyed it. It 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 was yeah he had a lot to a lot of interesting things cuz it's about it's about war it's about strategies as a general um mm-hmm. but it has implications for um things outside of war <laughs> so like negotiation and dealing with difficult you know circumstances in life and things like that um that you can kind of pull from these sayings so it's it's good and then i started listening to um the Death of King Arthur is what it's called. So so basically the original tales of King Arthur, um, they were not originally written in English. So this is an mm. English translation. Um, and it's funny because it starts off with the introduction and it's basically like, well, no one knows where King Arthur came from. Like as, as a myth, um, the first known like writings of King Arthur were um i they're either welsh or gaelic i can't remember but they basically say well you all know who king arthur was so we can't contain all the stories but here are a few of his exploits kind of a thing so like Hmm. the earliest known writing about king arthur was like acknowledged that he was already a folk hero if that makes sense Hmm. so that was really interesting to find out um, and this translation is absolutely fantastic because of the way that the poetic structure in which it uses a lot of alliteration, which is not something that I generally think of when I think of like high poetry, but um, it, it, because I'm listening to it, it really brings out, I don't know, it has a, it has a very certain character to it and i'm just like oh my goodness whoever the the guy who translated this is like a freaking genius like i don't know how he did all of this because the audiobook itself is over 10 hours um so it was a lot of like translating and then picking out particular english words that would fit the the structure of this type of poetry so um Hmm. and also it's very bloody. <laughs> it is oh, way yeah. more violent than I thought. Like it is not a kid's story <laughs> at all. Um, and so I've been enjoying that. That's been a lot of fun. 
Um, I'm actually looking that up. So, yeah. So this version that I'm listening to is called the Get- the Death of King Arthur. It the translation is by a guy named Simon Armitage, from the translator of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. That is the one narrated yes, by Bill Wallace. Yep, that's it. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, but it is yeah, you you have to pay attention because it does use some you know slightly more old English terms. But um, did it, you listen to that at two times? Not at two times. I had to slow down. <laughs> I think it's one and a half. It might be one point seven five. But mm. uh, yeah, so it's a little bit sped up because he does speak kind of slowly. Um, but mm-hmm. I, but it's not as fast as I listen to. That would types. probably. I mean, like you know, part of that you're you're reading, like you're listening to it to hear sort of like the flow of the words. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I would say much more than like one and a half is probably you're you're probably robbing yourself of because part of that mm-hmm. is like th- there's an aesthetic experience experience there. Yeah, where you're just like, yeah, it's like, yeah, poetry is meant to be like read out loud mm-hmm. and heard, and um, the dudes from the Bookening did a couple of really good podcasts on poetry. Ah. So some of their thoughts on poetry, um, I would recommend those, you know, not to say that they don't have like, you know, those guys got their own baggage and stuff. And, but poetry, like it's, it's actually made me like, you know, a lot of times, like you can't read it, like trying to like read the meter. You actually just have to sort of read it. There's like a natural cadence that will, if you're reading it right, that the words will actually draw out of you. And so if you're like trying to like the boy walked off the dock <laughs> because he saw a rock. Like if you're trying to sort of like hit that like you'll it, it'll just be super stilled. Anyways, mm-hmm. po- poetry is neat and it's yeah. So uh, I'll definitely be looking that up. Anyways, didn't mean to interrupt. Nice. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um but I I should move on. But that yeah, that that comes highly recommend. I'm only a couple hours in, but uh I'm enjoying pretty it a dope. lot. Yeah. So, uh, trucking along in the institutes and Valley of Vision, I did take a couple days off just when I got sick. Um, I also mm-hmm. checked myself into the, the tavern in Habitica. And with that, I like intentionally didn't even look at the app. So I did kind of drop some mm-hmm. responsibilities um, just to kind of focus on. Because honestly, like the flip side of that is when I get sick, I prefer to... D- be in denial that I'm sick and just mm. act like nothing's wrong and still like work as if I'm not sick. And like, that is yeah. just my default is like, no, I can't slow down. There's too much going on. I need to keep doing these things. Um, so at the, I love my wife. She is amazing. And she, um, she compliments me very well because she can put me in my place <laughs> and be like, no, you need to stop right now. Like, then she, like you guys talked about it on the last episode. So talk to me where she basically was like, no, I made you go like, yes. Just yeah. Rest. Yeah. Take the day. Take the and day off. Do from nothing. Work. <laughs> Don't go and in. Do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, so anyways, that all that to say is I, I did, I haven't, um, done. I haven't read Institutes and Valley Vision every day like I had 
you know, like my goal yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, um, but it's still Habitica has been great in keeping me more accountable to that. Um, and then in James, yeah, starting off in chapter two. So I've got a couple verses in, um, the, yeah, not, not a, a ton of progress because of that as well. Um, but it's coming along. So, yeah. Cool. So that's our report. It's only been an hour. <laughs> So this is Psychonaut September, mm-hmm. so we are sort of inviting anybody who wants to join us in playing Psychonauts. Uh, it's available, like you, you mentioned, on PC. Uh, I have it on PS4. I think it's also available um, on the original... Um, I don't know if it's uh, Xbox One backwards compatible or, or not. Mm. Um, I know that I think it was an OG... Uh, Xbox game and PS2 game. Um, I okay. think those were the, the the platforms that was sort of natively available on. So, you know, if you want to play it, th- there are a multitude of ways that you can uh, get a hold of it. Yeah, but speaking, so our topic is sort of talking about games that have maybe aged out um, and aren't. And so this sort of falls in line because we're going to go through this game is, is a little older. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. ten or so years old, um, but it's it's sort of hitting. I'm sure that we're gonna run into stuff probably with like cameras or something where we're like, ah, this is really bad implementation, and like, you know, compared to what we deal with now, and mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, I'm sure there will be something where we're like, eh, yeah, this just doesn't really hold up the way they used to, and that's sort of like the thrust of what we're gonna be talking about for our little uh, main topic here is uh, the idea that there are a lot of games that um, we love that um, we loved playing while we were growing up. And the fact is when you revisit them, they're just not good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and we have, we have a couple different sort of, uh, you know, we, we got a little bit of feedback from our patrons and uh, there's a, I took it upon myself to generate a, a bit of a lightning round. Um, so yes. we're going to do some head to head where I'm going to say like, I'm going to pit this game versus this game and Josh is going to pick something. And if he hasn't played it, well, I'm still going to make him pick something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's sort of what we're going to be talking about. And uh, you know, Josh, you I know that you had sort of organized some some thoughts already surrounding this. So why don't you lead off? All right. So yeah, you know, if if you're like me, we all have like a lot of old games on our backlog that we haven't touched in a while. Or I mean, if you've listened to our top ten episode top 10 of all time um i have Mm. a lot of old games on my list as as do you but i know like my top three were all like super (laughs) nintendo games and um so i fondly look back on that era of gaming um 
but also I recognize that there was a lot of garbage <laughs> on that platform as well. Even though I hold Super Nintendo as my favorite system of all time, I know there's lots of there's lots of bad games. But not only are there bad games, there are games that um my memory does not serve me. Well, it serves me well in the sense that uh, I have fond memories, but it does. It is not always the most accurate. There are games that just seem to age with the the changing trends in video in video games in general. Um, and as I look at looked into this topic a little bit online, um, there's also kind of this counter argument that I saw uh, pop up a couple times: is that well, video games don't age; they're literally exactly the same from when you first played them. And yeah, I mean, semantically, they don't age in the sense that, you know, like food ages or, you know, wine ages or something like that. But what we mean by aging is that there have been such advances in video games in general that it is very difficult to play an older game for specific reasons for for things that the older games did that either wasted your time <laughs> or um were very clunky and and just caused some bad mm. um it, it, it caused a lot of issues in the way that you interact with the game i would say I, the other thing i would also say is that um and we're not necessarily going to tackle it here today, is that we're not necessarily going to be talking about games with HD remasters that kind of fix a lot of these problems. Hmm. Um, because you could say something like, I wasn't really much into the games, but you could say something like, oh, well, Spyro 1 on PlayStation, that game doesn't control well, or that, that's that's it's pretty hard to play that game now. But on the Spyro Collection... That game's really good. Like, yeah, they've, they've retouched, they've retooled, they've rebalanced, and so they've in in a lot of ways they've sort of like inherently changed the native experience. Yeah, yeah, and and so I don't necessarily want to you know harp on games that do that that have become that that feel like they've aged because there is a better version of that game. Like, mm -hmm. that's not necessarily what I wanted to talk about today because i mean you could say that with a ton of games you know you could say that with um legend of zelda twilight princess like why would you play the gamecube game when you could play the wii u game in hd you know like yeah okay you could say that but that doesn't make the previous version unplayable i mean there's there's lots of things there anyways i just kind of mm. wanted to set some of these things off to the side because because another thing that came up even as we were kind of discussing um how we, we were going to tackle this is like PC mods <laughs> can update oh, yeah. old games. Um, that's a whole other can of worms that I'm not going to even try to tackle today. I mean, PC mods have extended the lifetime of certain games. They've basically enabled, made it possible to completely, fundamentally change a game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so that when you look at, like, the original version of, I don't know, Morrowind, you know, yeah. from Elder Scrolls, like, there there are mods that, like, just make that game unrecognizable from what it was yeah. initially, yeah. so. I mean, even Skyrim yeah. is the same, yeah. you know, you could, I've heard lots yeah. of people who say that they can't play vanilla Skyrim because of all the mods that you can do on PC, so. Yeah. 
that's a whole other topic that we're not going to be tackling today. Really, this is more about um, nostalgia <laughs> and how our memories lie to us. Um, and basically, just just be honest, because we do like old games. There are lots of old mm-hmm. games that really hold up. Um, you know, I think the original Super Mario Brothers is still very playable today. I would mm-hmm. say it has aged very well. Um, there's nothing about, sure, there's things that we've learned. You could get frustrated by the live system that it has or whatever. You could say it's too difficult. Um, you know, having you start over the game in a harder mode after you beat it. Sorry, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't beaten Mario Brothers 1. Um, that game's like over 30 years old. Get with it, people. Yeah. I actually (laughs) have never beaten it, but I know that that's the case with the game. Um, I need to actually go back and beat it. That's like one of the crowning moments of my childhood video game experience is like the first time I beat that. It was like, I've done it exactly one time and I was like, I never need to play this game again. (laughs) It was that, it was that final level. It was that final castle level where it it was a maze because you had to go through, you know, they're like the three tiers and you have to choose the right one each time or it would send you back. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you only have so many lives before if if you use a conti- you have unlimited continues but if you use a continue then you have to start at the very beginning of world 8 and so i would just get frustrated and and not finish the game so mm-hmm. i've never beaten that one but um anyways that does not i don't i don't think any of those original mario games fall into this category there's still lots of old games that are that play really well today um but there are also games that i very much enjoyed when I was younger that going back to now it's difficult to play for one reason or another. Um, and and there are some interesting things before we dive into the games outright. One thing I do want to say is that in general, um, 2d games hold up a lot better than early 3d games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as a general rule, I would say that all of the early 3D stuff, like so almost all of the Nintendo 64 and the 3D stuff that they did on the PlayStation is really difficult to come back to. Yeah. Like really, like you really have to love that game, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, yeah, in, in order to like i it just and it's not to say that there i mean like i know a lot of people point to uh mario 64 uh-huh. and they're like the way that the camera sort of handles and everything else and they're like i know there's people who are still doing speed runs i know there are people who still play that game from time to time today but like to you know i'm just saying like as a general rule like that era like that transition from like the 2d sprite base to the sort of polygonal 3d stuff that they started doing it there's a good bit of it that's real bad (laughs) yeah 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 like the learning curve and i mean the system power to actually use poly you know it's it's kind of an issue of like well you could do a polygonal 3d game but the question is should you do a polygonal 3d game Mm because sometimes you end up with bubsy 3d um, <laughs> so yeah yeah there was there was a lot of which is interesting when you think about like 2d games how there wasn't 
I mean, and maybe it just has to do with the nature of, I, you know, I started playing video games with the NES. I don't really, I hadn't played very much to this day. I haven't played very much of like Atari, Commodore, all that, like Mm -hmm. really old school stuff. Like video games started with NES for me. And I know that's uh, sacrilege to a lot of people. So I think that's, uh, you know, let's be honest though. I think that's like, I know Atari was like present in the, the household, but Nintendo there's a reason we call like uh, growing up, man. It wasn't. I'm gonna go play video games. I'm gonna go play Nintendo. Yeah, like, and that meant I was gonna go play Genesis. That meant I was mm-hmm. gonna go play PlayStation. I was. I'm gonna go play Nintendo. What became it's sort of like I'm gonna go have a Coke, which really meant yeah. I'm gonna have some sort of cola beverage. Yes, you know exactly, exactly. Now I feel like we're we've just like stepped on so many toes, but whatever <laughs> I, I, and like this is coming from like dude like someone who i th- i think even in and through the course of this show has like decidedly like sort of like i do not like some of the decisions nintendo has made mm-hmm. I, I really like the switch um i also think like sometimes like listen nintendo has this habit and, and i'm not gonna get too far off topic here but nintendo in my opinion has this habit of where they sort of do these things and sometimes the gamble really pays off and sometimes it really doesn't mm-hmm. but they sort of it's it's almost like they almost always learn the wrong lesson <laughs> in some way shape or form like you know um i i really like i know a lot of people hate on the wii u i think the wii u without the wii u we would not have the switch mm-hmm. um i think there was like it was sort of like a mid-step and they were like no we have this idea of something we want to do and they were just trying to figure out a way to implement it. And the part of the problem is the Wii U is just, it's super confusing. You know, I remember when it first came out, a lot of people just, it was like, we, we thought like the, the handheld big clunky controller with the screen on it was just something you could add to your Wii. Right. It's like, no, this is an entirely separate. Anyways, but like great example. I think Nintendo has still, learned all the wrong lessons from online imp- implementation, how to put on online mm-hmm. marketplace and online infrastructure, friend codes, all that stuff. They have not learned the right lessons. And this is just like, this is just sort of like another thing that they, they have done like just in each generation. And, and, but I think you have to give credit where credit's due. Nintendo is one of the, like, there's a reason again, so many people say like, hey, let's go play Nintendo has sort of become synonymous in many ways with let's go play video games. Yeah. And taking it back to kind of games aging, I I didn't want to come out and say it, but I think that's actually a really way to come at it is like, I'm I'm trying really hard not to be a Nintendo fanboy, but really they knocked it out of the park with one of the first side-scrolling games ever. You know, because video games up to that point, a lot of them were single-screen games. So then a game Mm -hmm. where you can actually scroll... I mean, Mario Brothers is... Again, it holds up today. I mean, it is an amazing feat that that thing was released when it was that, you know, kicked off an entire new era of video games in general. So maybe that's hyperbolic because, again, I have... NES is the start of video games for me in my brain. So, but yeah. regardless, um, th- there are still lots of games that that hold up. So we're not trying to throw everything under the bus. Um, but I do think in general, 2D, 
holds up a bit better than 3D than early 3D. The other thing that I noticed is that as you go back in video game history, um some of the things that we take for granted as modern gamers are the speed in which games are played and the requirement of time in general, like basically mm-hmm. padding. Um there's still games that have padding today. Uh, but it's a different type of padding. <laughs> like, yeah. for old school games, really the developers padded out experiences by making them difficult so that you could not beat them in a rental. Like, they wanted you to purchase the game. Well, it's that old arcade mentality. Yes. It's yeah. like, it's like make this hard enough that, that they're going to pound a bunch of quarters into the machine. You know? And that's... And that... That you that 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 arcade mentality really was sort of at the forefront of of all of even the home home console design sort of didn't really take off until I'd probably say like like you, the the philosophy of like making a home console experience I don't really think like that type of that style of game really took off until the end of the original NES. And maybe the beginning of like the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis era. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there are a number of reasons why uh, something could be seen as kind of archaic uh, just in general. But there are definitely ones that stick out. Um, The the last thing I want to say before we dive into specific games is that in order to meet my criteria... They had to be games that I originally enjoyed. I can't say something like Bubsy 3D, like I mentioned earlier, because that game has always been garbage. It's ne- like yeah. no one has ever liked Bubsy 3D. <laughs> you know, like, or, or there are games where um, this is one that I was kind of fighting whether or not I should even mention is that I did not enjoy very much uh, Kingdom Hearts when I played through it two years ago, something like that. Um, Mm. And I think that that game has a lot of archaic systems. It felt very button mashy to me. Now, I did not play it when it originally came out. So for all intents and purposes, I'm bringing it up as an example. I'm not going to be talking about it as a game that I don't think held up well because I didn't originally enjoy it. Like, Mm. it's just in retrospect that I've popped it in and been like, yeah, I... It's just, it's not doing it for me. Hmm. Now, I I mean, I played it when it first came out and I do remember enjoying it, but I think even with like the 1.5 remix or whatever, Mm -hmm. I fired that up on the PS3 at one point in time and I started to play it again. And, you know, just like, it was one of those things where I just, I I was like, this is insufferable. Like, I will not, I will not. (laughs) <laughs> like submit to this nonsense again. Uh, I I I think it was mostly like the the camera felt really janky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the the controls just felt like yeah, they're, they're probably a little button mashy is is a good way to describe it. But yeah, like I I really liked the first two, and I I played mm-hmm. I beat the first one, and I mean I did like everything on it. I beat Sephiroth, like all that nonsense. Wow. Um. And then on the second one, I was in the the final dungeon, and I think it just it was like, yeah, I just kind of walked away from it at that point because yeah. I was like, eh, just burn out on it or whatever. But 
I enjoyed those games, but I think when I tried to come back to them, I was just like, ah, oh, no, these are, yeah, yeah. I think those are good examples of games that just for it's it's more like, uh, it, but there's just sort of like uh, um like a lot of things that we take for granted now that mm. were not present in the the design philosophies in those games, right? And and so it's like, well, now I'm like, now I'm like, oh, the, the camera is just awful in this, mm. like, or like the control it controls poorly, and it's just like, you know, now we don't have that kind of stuff. Like we don't have the kind of problems with controls and cameras that they did then, and you know, and they were probably probably perfectly serviceable, yeah, you know, in their 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 particular context. So. Right. And that brings up my last point before we jump into the games in proper, um, is that by putting games on this list, I am not saying that they are bad games. Mm -hmm. Um, these are games again that I enjoyed and probably a lot of them as we'll see, I do still enjoy them. However, I can recognize that they just they have not aged well. (laughs) That that a modern gamer will have a very hard time going back to them and and may not be you know while i really enjoy them they may not be examples of the best that video gaming has to offer um Hmm. so but please don't take this as just because a game is on here it means that it's a bad game for instance so well what i wanted to do and it did come as kind of a recommendation from our patrons um in how we want to do this because I've got, you know, a list of games to kind of talk about. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to pit some of these games against each other and talk about it. Um, So I found a bunch of the games that kind of correlate. They were from the same era or maybe it's kind of a similar genre. And we'll see which ones hold up better and and which ones are a little worse. And um, so for this first one... Why don't you throw up... Why don't you throw them up in pairs and I'll just sort of... And what I can do is like, I'll I'll pick one or the other. Okay. Because that was sort of like the original idea. And I know you showed me the list or whatever, and then I probably forgot about it. So <laughs> No, you're you're and, good, yeah. And and then we, we can kind of chew apart some of these things and I'll say, Well, I think this one versus that one. So and I, I have a couple for you too. So Awesome. Awesome. Well the first one comes from the first pairing comes from the NES era. And it's funny because I drafted a lot of this list list previous to today and then i put out on twitter and facebook and asked people and both of these games came up when i asked Mm. people so so yeah which one do you think holds up better on original nes these are two classic games the legend of zelda or metroid oh man uh i'm gonna say legend of zelda um metroid is cool uh, but the OG Metroid doesn't have a map, right? And Me- Metroid uh, Zero Mission addresses. I think we even sort of talked about this a while ago. Like, I'm like, if I want to go and experience Metroid again, I'm gonna go play Zero Mission mm-hmm. because it the the quality of life issues. Yeah, that's that's like it addresses a lot of like stuff that yeah you know, I don't have time to remember. Like I know people who played the snot out of Metroid can play it blindfolded, you know. Wow. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Um you know, and, and Legend of Zelda just for me, man, I mean like 
this is a personal context that is very much comfort food. Yeah. Like uh, OG Legend of Zelda, like I still, I think it's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't, it, I think because it does sort of, and maybe it's just a, a bit of, uh, I'm way more familiar with that game than I am with Metroid, yeah. re, you know, original NES Metroid, but I would say OG Legend of Zelda is probably beats out. And I just think, I think it, just as far as like today, like it just plays better. You know, if, mm-hmm. if I had to pick between the two, I'd say OG Legend of Zelda is, is easier to play than uh, original Metroid. Metroid. I agree. I agree. I would I would say Zelda holds up a lot better. I do have more fond memories of Zelda than I do for the original Metroid. I never finished the original mm-hmm. Metroid. Um, but I think both games suffer from the, a similar issue. Now, not having a map at all in Metroid is just... Personally, it's insufferable. But I understand that you're supposed to make your own map, which is cool if that's a thing that you're into. No, um, that's that's hot garbage trash. No. <laughs> uh, no. It's, that's just not... Because so much of that game looks alike. Uh, th- there's mm-hmm. so many similar enemies in similar areas that it, it frustrates me because I never know where I am. Um, th- th- like you said, Zero Mission is fantastic and that... it it's better in every way. Um, that said, Zelda does some things. It, it needs, it requires the player to know things that it does not teach you or let on at all. Um, I'm thinking about a particular point in the second quest. Okay. So it's not, it's not the original kind of playthrough, but I, I remember getting stuck at, um, I think it's the fourth temple. I could be wrong on this because it required you in the very last room where you get the Triforce to walk through one of the walls in order to get uh... the raft. Um, it, it, and it's, and it's not like a modern game where, oh, hey, look at that wall. It's got some cracks in it. You're supposed to bomb that wall. No, it's like, it looks like every other wall. These rooms have always just been walk into the room and get the Triforce. And then it immediately warps you out of the out of the dungeon. No, this is like go around, don't get the Triforce. Try and walk through the back wall in order to get the raft, in order to progress through the game. Otherwise, like good luck, but you need to know it for some reason. So it does things like that. Where I was lucky enough. I mean, I say that um, I grew up, and there was like the internet was a thing when I was younger. Still. Yeah. Um, I just had to ride my bike to the library in order to get on a computer that had internet access. Uh, we didn't have it at home at that time. And so we would do that. My brothers and I would do that in order to finish Zelda. So as you know, as time has gone on, yes, there are ways around that. If you follow a guide, then, then you can do it. I mean, the same goes for Metroid. But I would say that those are very big oversights. If you're in a vacuum and you have no other way of knowing what to do in these games, they are very, very frustrating. And so I understand why someone would say um, that these games in particular, they don't hold up with yeah. time. So, no, I would. I, yeah. So. Absolutely. That was the first batch of games from the NES era. That's actually the only 
batch from the the NES era. Again, there's lots of garbage on NES. I completely agree with that. But um, these were two classics, and so we're trying to kind of you know shatter our rose tinted glasses in this episode. Um, did you want to throw in? Uh... Well, let me. I have something. So this is sort of. Mm, I have a few here. Uh, now this is a bit of a different take. Okay. So this is actually these are Nintendo franchises. Oh. But this is pitting against. Um, this is pitting two different generations. But I have a question here mm-hmm. um, for you personally, and you know, hopefully you've played both of these. But Super Mario Brothers Three, mm-hmm. okay which is probably like the greatest NES game of all time, Mm -hmm. arguably, um, versus Super Mario 64. If which one of those two do you think sort of stands up better? Okay. So confession, I have not played very much of Mario 64. Ah. Um, I own it in a couple different versions but that is one that has eluded me over time. It was always really expensive when I had a Nintendo 64, and so I never picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it, you can completely disqualify my opinion if you want to. Um, eh. However, I would say Mario Brothers 3 for the reasons that we talked about previous about the whole 2D to 3D thing. Um, yeah. I think if you are used to, if you sit down someone, a modern gamer, I think they are going to know what to do with Mario Brothers 3 a lot quicker. They're going to get used to it. They're going to run with it. They're going to have fun with it faster and and continue to have fun because that game is just fantastic than Mario 64 just because there's a little bit of jank in Mario 64. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think because it's early 3d now it's a pioneer of 3d, you know, it's it's a phenomenal piece of work. Yeah. Like, let's just throw that out there. Like, I I mean, I fall into the same camp and I'm not a huge Mario 64 fan. Okay. I, I just think I'm like, I'm like, "Eh, it's okay. Like I didn't fall head over heels for it the way a lot of other people did, Mm -hmm. but, um, nice, nice. Yeah, so so that's a yeah. I'd have to say Mario Brothers three. Now again, you can you can disqualify my opinion. Mario Brothers three was on both of our like greatest games of all time yeah. lists. So so I just thought that I mean I I had a pretty good idea on that one, uh-huh. but I was like, eh, that's the, like just as far as like I think that it, it you know the reality is it, it Mario Brothers Super Mario Brothers three is just way more accessible, and I think that mm-hmm. lends itself to timelessness. Like there's, it's just, it's, it's sort of like you can get right into the flow of that game. You you know, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but Mario 64, I think like aside from the fact that visually it's kind of gross looking. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's fine. It's, it's not even the, the worst defender in that, that 3d sort of era, but it's definitely not like a, a really good looking game where I think like the eight bit pixel art from super Mario brothers three mm. still kind of looks good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. still pleasant, pleasing to look at anyways. Yeah, so. definitely. It's, it's a, it uses a very charming art style where mm-hmm. like 64 Mario 64 doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look bad, 
but it it uh, it was just early 3D, and so they didn't, you know, that you work with what you have. Um, whereas it, I think there was a, a very defined art style that the entire game adhered to in uh, in Mario Three. So, all right. So the next one that I have, and you know what, I said that I didn't have NES games, but that's not true because I'm actually crossing some crossing platforms here with this one. Okay, so, um, well, let me just throw it out there, and then I'll kind of explain. The next, the next two fighters we have, on one side, we have Dragon Quest, the original Dragon Quest. On the okay. other side, we have Pokemon Red and Blue, Gen okay. 1. Now, the reason I pitted these against each other... Now, I will say, I think RPGs in general hold up a lot better than other styles of games because... Um, the, a lot of them are story driven and mm-hmm. stories are more timeless than something like graphics. That said, I think where RPGs are more difficult to go back to are in the fact that older RPGs are time sinks and they have issues. Um, the reason I wanted to pit Pokemon against Dragon Quest is because I, th- well, you know what, before I, before I explain it, let me just ask what, what are your thoughts? on that hmm. i mean i you know i i like dragon quest a lot i i tend to and this one's hard for me but i i i want to say dragon quest but i really think out of the two of those if i mean and this is coming from somebody who's not a huge pokemon fan mm-hmm. like i just i've i've played them i i don't honestly think i've ever beaten a pokemon game in my life okay but it, you know they're fine and, and uh, I I would say like if you're going to pick the two like I would say Pokemon sort of wins out as far as like okay. you know uh, Dragon Quest I think is absolutely a pillar it's absolutely phenomenal and I think the original Dragon Quest is a game that one it's not super long mm-hmm. um and I I think like everybody it would benefit a lot of people to play it and just sort of to to see like because that is really sort of like if not ground zero, it is part of ground zero of like what we know as like the term, like this is where, and, and like, this is basically in, in many ways, uh, what, what we know as RPGs today, including things like Skyrim and things like, in some ways, like there's a lineage that Dragon Quest is probably part of in, in some ways. And so it's like, as far as like impact goes, I definitely think like Dragon Quest has like more impact. But I'm just saying like if you said like, I mean, I know me personally, I'm probably going to pick Dragon Quest because that's that's comfort food. But I'm saying like as a general rule, if you ask me which one's like just the better sort of like encapsulation of that time period and sort of like the better, I, I would probably say Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think Dragon Quest is like the archetype of mm-hmm. JRPGs in general. And it, it's mm-hmm. and and that's actually why I wanted to why I wanted to pick it. Um and and have it pitted against Pokémon is because I think they both have very similar um nostalgic qualities to them where Dragon Quest by itself is not the greatest game 
in the world. It's very simple, mm-hmm. but it is such a, it's, it's a forefather to like everything that came after it in the genre. Um, and I think Pokemon red and blue is similar in the Pokemon series where everything that original game does has been done better in its predecessors. Like mm-hmm. every other game that the, every other Pokemon game that come that came after every other mainline title pretty much just takes that exact same formula and does it better, whether it's more they just, Pokemon. They clean up the process. Yeah. They, they sort of throw the extra little, like, well, with the Pokemon and, and the, like, there's a few more sparklies out there. Mm-hmm. There's a few more trinkets, whatever. Like, yeah, dude, like that's a game where you can sort of see, like they've just gotten tighter and narrower. And like, it's just, uh, you know, at this point in time, like, you know, you got these Pokemon sword and shield coming out. They're going to be killer, killer apps. Yeah. You know, like just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. And while, uh, so full disclosure, I have finished the original Pokemon games and the only other games in the series um, that I've finished was uh, Pokemon X, I believe. X is what I have. I might have Y. I think it's X. Anyways, that, that, um, that generation. So I have not played a ton of, I've played other Pokemon games. I just hadn't finished them. Um, so, but I know about the series, I'm very nostalgic for those original Pokemon games, but I also recognize there are a lot of flaws and truth be told, I don't want to go back and play them. Like they are too slow and there are very big, um, issues with balance. There are Pokemon in that game that are just far and away better than every, like, Psychic, psychic type Pokemon are OP. Dragons are OP. There's no, like, there's no sense of balance. It was made as kind of like a one-off thing where like, yeah, bugs suck and, and psychic Pokemon will rock you. So that's just, that's just how it was made. And then as, as the, you know, as it blew up and got bigger, um, the, the games that are later on in the series attempted to find a bit more balance. So there are some very big issues with Pokemon Red and Blue that make me, while I still like them because of all the fun that I had, because of my memories with them, I have no desire to go back and actually play them. Um, Whereas, funny enough, I am much more, uh, I would, I would much rather play the original Dragon Quest simply because it's a short experience. Like, mm. it's a nice little bite-sized RPG that you can get through, um, whereas Pokemon, I feel like at this point, would be much more of a slog to play through. So, hmm. that was uh, that. was that. And, and maybe you can even throw the original Final Fantasy in there if you want. I just felt like the original Final Fantasy had such a great story, and you can fight me on that if you want to. Um, I get, I've heard people say that it's stupid and nonsensical. I thought it was great. Um, that it kind of, I it felt a little unfair to pit Final Fantasy against those games personally. Mm. Um, but I'm very nostalgic for the first Final Fantasy, so maybe that's playing into it as well. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Do you have another one, or do you want me to keep going here? Um, I could. I I have one that might be. No, we're jumping ahead a generation yep. or mm-hmm. or two at this point. Um. 
And I have no idea if you've played either one of these games. Okay. But I thought this would be an interesting one, you know. And I'm actually going to make this a big, a bit of a double header. Okay. So, and we're going to cross generations here a little bit. Yeah. So, on one side of the line, we have Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. And I'm pairing, and I'm, I'm throwing them in okay. a cage with Dragon Quest VII and Dragon Quest VIII. Ah. Uh, well, th- yeah, a lot of the so so in terms of what I've played. Um, I've played like the first disc of Final Fantasy VII. Um, I've finished Final Fantasy VIII. I have not even touched Dragon Quest VII, and I'm currently playing through Dragon Quest VIII. Um, that said, far and away, I would say Dragon Quest over Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> there are probably some people out there who, uh, upon hearing that, are like tearing their clothes yes. and shrieking. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, I, I would definitely say, you know, in, in terms of kind of the popular opinion, it would, it, that would, like the top tier games in, in those um, respective series, that would be Final Fantasy VII against Dragon Quest VIII, because both of those, by a majority of people, are known as, like, the best in their respective series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Final Fantasy VIII against Dragon Quest VII which actually, I guess it depends who you talk to because I know that I know that Japan loves Dragon Quest Seven. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think America does at all. America is scared by that ninety-hour <laughs> price tag, there, man. Yeah. Um. No. Uh, well, and I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I think like the thing is like when you compare seven, the sevens and the eights, right? So now, Final Fantasy Eight was a PS one game. Dragon Quest Eight is a PS two game. So there's mm-hmm. huge disparities that's, there as far that's as That's a like, really good point. Yeah. There but Final Fantasy VII and Dragon Quest VII were sort of peers. And the thing is you know and and again I I may have alluded to this or just flat out said it like I don't think super highly of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. I think it's an okay game. And I think that's about where it just stands. I think yeah. like the reality is it's like one of those things where I think like the 3D assets in it are gross and people who want to get worked up about that. I'm like, uh, there's like six different like character models that they dip into. And so mm. it's like, are you going to get like the weird FMV stuff? Or are you going to get like the battle sprites? Or are you going to, what are you going to get here? Yeah. yeah sometimes characters. it's a, yeah, the Lego, the chunky chibi Lego character things, like like which one, which one are we gonna get here? Um, yeah. I, you know, full disclosure, I am interested in the Final Fantasy VII remake sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think too, like frankly, just again, Final Fantasy VII's story is like melodramatic in all the worst ways. Um, yeah. It's like it's super ninety schlock. And I'm just not there. Like yeah. I just, I just don't care. Whereas seven, uh, Dragon Quest seven, frankly, I've never beaten it. But I, you know, I do remember playing it. It suffers from like it's it's a sprite based game, but there is some 3D and sort of you know a la Final Fantasy Tactics, mm-hmm. sort of the that 3D rendering of the map sort of thing that they do. And uh, there's some issues. Yeah, for for sure. But out of the two, like I think going back, if you said Nate, you know, I I would pick Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest Seven over Final Fantasy Seven, mostly just out of like 
I just don't like Final Fantasy VII that much. Yeah. Eight and eight, though, I thought were interesting because eight Final Fantasy VIII is a bit of a sleeper hit, and I think especially with the coming remaster, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. the people who like eight are diehards on eight, and I think there are things about Final Fantasy VIII that I I wildly applaud. Like, and I know that a lot of other people like that, like, and I know that this camp is sort of the minority, but like, dude, like, I think like the draw system, the fact that you could tie like the different magic, you know, all of that stuff to different stats, you know, the fact that you didn't actually need to fight and like you, you could go through that game and you, I, I think you can do a level one beat. Wow. Like uh, a level one completion. It, you just draw from every fight and then you run away and then you fight the bosses and I don't think you get experience <laughs> on the bosses or whatever and everything. And, and like, even like the enemies scale and level with you. So right. like there's things like that, like there are things about final fantasy eight that I respect because I'm like, no, somebody like went out on a limb and took some real, no, I think the story is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that story is real dumb. It's super bad. And it's like, instead of like, like they they took that that trajectory of that '90s garbage schlock mm-hmm. that Seven sort of like started, and they were just like they just like exponentially they just ramped it up, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and so I think like eight eight obviously made like my top ten list. Um, I really like that game a lot, and I think that. In many ways, you know, and again, uh, you know, if you want to hear my reasons, go listen to the top 10 episode mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll, I'll sort of gush about my, my sort of infatuation with eight. But I think, you, you know, like when you do sort of pit it that way, so we're saying Final Fantasy seven versus Dragon Quest eight, there you have sort of like the, the high water marks in both of these game series in a lot of ways. And I'm like far and away, I think Dragon Quest eight is just a superior game. Mm-hmm. And and again, I'm pretty biased. So I was just curious as, you know. Well, yeah. And it, again, you can throw away my opinion if you want to. I Like I said, yeah. I haven't played a lot of the games. Re- you know, what's funny is as you were talking, I realized I am judging it almost entirely on story rather than gameplay. Um, like that's, I mean, when, when I think of these games, that is primarily what I think about. Um, so, so when I look at Final Fantasy seven and Dragon Quest eight, um, it's funny because I feel like Final Fantasy seven took itself too seriously. Like it tried Mm -hmm. to tackle these adult themes, but it did so in a, in what felt like an immature way. Now, again, I didn't complete the game, so I understand it goes into, um, it It really kind of delves into dealing with death in general. Yeah. Um. So that's not something that I touched while I played the game. Um. But the, just like the aggressive, like anger of Barrett and the way that, you know, Cloud was just like a cool kid who could, you know, whip out his huge sword and kill people it that combined with the like lego the blocky lego characters was just jarring to me like yeah it just especially after something like final fantasy 6 where i felt like was a lot more 
um, subtle. It, it touched on some very like deep themes, I thought, um, but it did so in a way that didn't feel like it was. I, I felt like it, it had more uh, finesse in the way that it actually tackled those themes, and so um, you have Final Fantasy VII that that kind of does it in this blustering way. Whereas I think Dragon Quest VIII, from what I have played, it feels a lot more lighthearted. So when some of the deeper themes do get brought up, it's like, oh, whoa, like now that I've grown to like these characters and and there are some things that they're dealing with, like it feels more serious because of its lightheartedness. Where like there's a little more emotional resonance. Yeah. Whereas I feel like it's the yeah. exact opposite with Final Fantasy VII, where everything is always at eleven, so it's hard to take serious at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I've heard very good things about the story of Dragon Quest VII. Um, that there's some time travel mechanics in there. Um, and and so that one's that one's pretty cool. Final Fantasy VIII, the story is the thing that I really dislike the game for and i've said it plenty of times before but um it just when it finally all comes out what's going on at the end of the game i felt gypped by the game it's, <laughs> I felt like, it's the I most wish i didn't play this to me it's the most nonsensical stupid yeah like i i this is like the it was like the worst you know if if you're interested in the uh story behind final fantasy 8 just go Google it. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I would normally just talk about it, but uh, because, you know, it's an old game. And so why, why does it matter about spoilers? But because the remake was just released. Yep. Um, I'm yeah. not going to, yeah, let's not get into it, but uh, except to say that I very much disliked it. <laughs> and so that's why it was easy for me to say Dragon Quest over Final Fantasy seven. Um, but you're right from like a gameplay standpoint. Um, the reason that Americans aren't too fond of Dragon Quest Seven is I've heard it's like over a hundred hours of game that you have to play mm-hmm. through, and it's slow. And uh, it, I think too, it did like the typical like Dragon Quest thing. Like there was a certain point, like it was Dragon Quest Four or Five, where they basically started. There was like like jobs and classes that you could unlock, but uh-huh. it was sort of it was very very technical, whereas. Okay. Uh, seven Final Fantasy Seven has like the materia system, right? And 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 I know that uh, for a lot of people, that's like the big thing. They're just like, I love the materia system, and I'm like, eh, I'm not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. But again, that's me. You know, yeah. I I wasn't sold on that game, but I I, di- I didn't want to turn in. I didn't want to like. I don't want to rag on that game too hard. Yeah. So yeah. No, yeah. but that that was really interesting. I liked that, like the the whole like tag team battle there. That was pretty cool. Battle of the franchises, right there, man. <laughs> so stepping back a generation, I wanted to uh, throw this one out there. Um, I know that y- you said you haven't played too many Super Nintendo games. That a lot of that was like emulated as you got older. Mm-hmm. So maybe, th- anyways, the two games that I want to throw out Super Nintendo games are Super Mario Kart versus Star Fox. Super Mario Kart, hands down. Okay. Um, I've played, I, and a lot of this is like I've played Star Fox and mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, I remember having fun with it, but I think like one of those things and is just that 
I think you even mentioned it maybe in some of the comments in, in the Facebook group that Star Fox, like coming back to it, it's kind of rough. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I feel like like OG Super Nintendo Mario Kart, like you can hop in and play it, and yeah, it's not as tight as like Mario. Like, it's like if somebody's like, "Hey, play Super Nintendo Mario Kart versus like playing." Mario Kart 8 or whatever mm-hmm. it is now. Like I'm like I'm going to play Mario Kart 8 like <laughs> yeah. You know that's that's hands down no competition. But Super Nintendo Mario Kart is like it's it's just it's good bones where yeah. I, I feel like Star Fox just Star Fox is a game where I'm just like I look at it and I'm like ah it's fine. I just really don't think it aged well at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, that makes sense. And I think for these two games, unlike my previous picks, I think they, they do have different reasons because I, I agree that um, Super Mario Kart, like you, it's still it's still playable. It doesn't hurt you to play it. <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't you know, it's not difficult to play. However, I think just about any other game in the series is better than the oh, than yeah. the original. Absolutely. Mario Kart. And so that's why I put it on here is because like it's difficult for me to recommend that anyone play the game just because it's like the, yeah, any other game in the series is going to be better than that original. Uh, like you said, I mean the, the bones are good, but it just has some weird, like the drifting. I'm not even sure that there's a purpose in drifting. You can jump if you want to that, you know, there's some platforming that you have to do in some of the courses, but it's, it's just, it's, weird and it seems like they didn't know what what they wanted to do with it but it was their first outing and that that's fine yeah. um it's just hard to go back to that game simply because any other game in the series i i feel like is better um star fox is very jarring for me because i love that game growing up i played it a ton it was the last game that my dad actually wanted to play when we were kids after that he was just like oh video games are stupid y'all shouldn't play them anymore kind of tongue in cheek you'd have to know my dad he likes to make fun of things just as like a joke you know um so so, Mm -hmm. but from that point on i remember getting star fox coming home with star fox and uh him being like oh this is like a flight simulator like this is really cool because even on the controller up was down and down was up and so it was this thing anyways I have very fond memories of Star Fox, but I um when I got my Super Nintendo Classic and and went to Star Fox, I uh couldn't believe how poorly I remembered it running. <laughs> Basically, if you've never played this game before, uh go to YouTube and just look for some gameplay of the original Star Fox and I mean this thing probably runs at like 12 frames per second. I mean, it is that, that I think that's being generous. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's the frame rate is what's so rough. I th- I think um, the the music is still good. I I do think I would say the bones of the game are good, but again, that might just be my rose tinted glasses. Um, yeah, because, do a barrel roll. Yes, <laughs> well, that didn't come till sixty four. I mean, you could barrel roll in yeah. in the original, but that that I I know. I'm just. I'm just being smart. But that's also the thing is like really before I recommend anyone play this game, I would say play Star Fox 64 because mm-hmm. it does just about everything much better. I just have mm-hmm. fond memories of the Super Nintendo game. So um, 
Yeah, I think both of them, I'm hard-pressed to even recommend that you play, unless you go in thinking, I want to see what this series was originally. You know, that's pretty much it. But then with the Star Fox series, I mean, it's been basically a series of remakes <laughs> every single time, which is kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hard to recommend, but but I think both of those games, time has not been altogether kind to them. I I would say, like, honestly, if somebody was like, which one should I play? I'm like, play any other Mario Kart except for the first one. Yeah. Um, you know, prefer my, my personal favorite is Double Dash from the GameCube. Okay. And as far as Star Fox goes, play 64. And if you're really curious to watch something come off the rails, play Star Fox Adventures. (laughs) (laughs) Like that game is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked it, but it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, well, yeah. And the whole story behind that one is, is pretty funky too. Um, when then with the whole fake out at the very beginning of the game, cause it feels like a Star Fox game until it's not anymore. Um, yeah. So staying with the Super Nintendo, if you don't mind me just throwing another one out here. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I had been thinking of playing a 2D fighter, uh, recently. And so a couple of these games popped up. Which one do you think holds up better? Original Mortal Kombat or vanilla Street Fighter 2? Oh, um, hmm. And I say vanilla because if if any of y'all out there don't know, there are like 15 different versions of Street Fighter 2. Um, yeah, there's the, the, the Super Turbo Championship Edition. Mm-hmm. There's like, um, man, <laughs> this one's actually like legit pretty hard for me. Um. Because I want to say Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. I really do. But I think if you're... Because overall, I think the Street Fighter franchise is just a better franchise. Uh-huh. But I think when it comes down to it, I think Mortal Kombat is probably the more playable of those two. Interesting. Uh, and it's like sort of by a nose. You know, yeah. It's like, I think... I Like if you had said like Street Fighter 2 Turbo which was the one that directly followed that one, I would have been like, easy. Yes. Turbo. Yes. Turbo's an easy call. Street Fighter 2, like vanilla, Super Street Fighter 2 vanilla or whatever, is kind of like, it's okay, but right. I don't think it's like any, it's no great shakes, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it, frankly, yeah, I'd rather play Mortal Kombat. Ooh. But I mean, you know, I, and we're talking like, like now, and again, you throw turbo into that, pff, right. done. Like, yeah. not even a question. Like, I'm going to throw quarters at turbo all day long. But I think, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's the, I'm, I'm surprised that you say that just because I know you're a fan of Street Fighter in general. I, I didn't know, you know, whether or not what you thought of Mortal Kombat in general. Um, I, in general, I think it's kind of dumb. Yeah. But me too. Uh, OG, I, OG Mortal Kombat is pretty cool. Mortal Kombat 2 is all right, too. Yeah? So. Well, I, I would be interested to see you play them again sometime, because um, I, I, mm. I did play the first two, and I remember getting pretty good. I remember being able to beat both of them. Now, it took a number of continues, don't get me wrong, because um, that's mm. another one where it just gets stupid difficult by the end. 
But um, yeah, I remember playing them with my brothers and and getting pretty good at them. We played a lot of Mortal Kombat Four on Nintendo sixty four, but that's a whole, totally different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember trying to go back to Mortal Kombat two, and then and like years later, and just being like, "What am I playing? Like this is so slow and janky. What is going on here?" And and then going back to the original Mortal Kombat after that, and I'm like. This is even worse. What 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 did you do with these games? Like, what happened? Um, and yeah. hmm. s- similarly with Street Fighter, I didn't play a ton of Street Fighter 2, um, but obviously, you know, if you play video games, you know its influence on just the fighting game genre in general. Um, and that, But that was a similar experience where, not that I played the original growing up. Well, actually, I take that back. I did play some... Well, it was some form of Street Fighter 2. I honestly couldn't tell you what version it was, um, but played it on Super Nintendo. My friends had it across the street, and so we'd play it occasionally. Yeah, because the only way that we could beat M. Bison was with Dalsim's uh, little ducking kick thing. It just being uh, super cheap. Yoga kick? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> uh, yoga. Yeah. Yoga. <laughs> um, so... I'm I'm surprised you ended up going with Mortal Kombat. I I do think that the Street Fighter, um, the, the, both of them suffer from just being horribly slow. <laughs> neither one of them is like yeah. It's it's sort of like neither one of them is good, right? right? Like it's pretty much like play anything but them. Yes, yes, yeah, and and yeah. I think Street Fighter Two is just handicapped because there's so many better versions, like you said. Turbo would take it in an instant. I mean, even just, dude, that's that's within the same generation, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But I thought that would I thought that would be fun to talk about just because they're they are very difficult games to go back to. Dude, have I mean, have you played like I the and the only reason I bring this up is I haven't played Mortal Kombat in a long time, mm-hmm. but I played su- like regular Super Street Fighter or whatever it is too for yeah. the Super Nintendo. And it's real floaty, and mm. it's it's kind of slow. Like, yeah, oh, in yeah. comparison to way, the way we play now, like it's real slow. Yeah, and it's it's hard. It it was. I just remember sort of like being like, oh, oh, like <laughs> I felt like I had forever to do like you, you know the just like you, you know when you're like flicking through on on the D pads and everything. And it's like you know you're doing the the forward. You know, like the dragon punch or whatever, yes. when you're doing it, like when you're doing the, or the Hadouken, it's like, I felt like a lot of times I was actually pushing the buttons too fast. Oh, wow. Because I've gotten like, you know, anyways, but like I'm, I'm mashing on this like game pad and, and I just, I was like, and then I was like, oh, I got to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to sink your your the way that you even play the game with the the way that the game is appearing on the <laughs> on the screen yeah, yeah for sure yeah absolutely um, yeah no so i i thought i thought that would be interesting i i haven't played original well no i played a little bit of the arcade version because i i picked up that street fighter anniversary collection and I played a little mm. bit of the two-player mode of a couple of different game, a couple of different of those games with my brother. So I yeah. didn't play it by myself. So I haven't taken any golf points except yeah. for buying the collection. 
it was a it was a uh, what you call it. There's a loophole where if you're playing with someone else, it doesn't count. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I played a little bit of the original arcade version, and that's when I was like, "Ooh, yeah, this is this is definitely an old game." And then immediately went to like Turbo or one of the different versions. I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah. okay, this is so much better." Yeah. Um, so they they tighten it up. They they speed it up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's much gooder. <laughs> yes. Much gooder. All right, you got any other matchups? Uh, I have one that I I I have a couple more here, but I have okay. one that I figure might be just interesting. Um, and this is just mostly like this is sort of within the same generation, but mm-hmm. on two different platforms. And I know that one of these you're a real big fan of, and I think mm-hmm. you're a pretty big fan of the second one, the other the other one too. But I'm going to pit Mega Man X. Versus okay. Symphony of the Night. Oh. Which one of those two stands up better? Like, if if somebody was like, I, I'm going to play one of these two games from that generation. Mm. Mm. Man, that's difficult. Now, that's difficult for for reasons. They're, they're two similar, but also very different types of games. Right, right. But also the reason that it's difficult is I think both of those games are absolutely fantastic. Um, I yeah, both of them were in my top ten of all yes. time. So, <laughs> so just you know, I I'm not. This is not difficult because I wouldn't recommend either of them. I do highly recommend both of them. Um, oh gosh, it's so difficult because I I feel like the learning curve is different. Mega Man X is is great, like the original Super Mario Brothers, in that the first level teaches you how to play the game. The first level is a tutorial that you don't even realize is a tutorial. It does things mm-hmm. to teach you how to wall jump and um yeah, just just play the game through with the very first level. So I think Mega Man X is is much more immediate. And it'll it'll grab you quicker, um, but Symphony of the Night I, is more modern. Um, nowadays, people are used to RPG elements in their games, and while I don't think Mega Man X is particularly difficult because I've beaten it so many times, um, I recognize that the the it does it is difficult to modern players. Um, I think Symphony of the Night, while it is also difficult, it allows you to grind if you need to. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think for modern sensibilities, Symphony of the Night is going to be an easier overall play. Like, I, I think if I were to sit down with someone and you only have an hour to play a game, I would say Mega Man X. If I'm like... I'm going to gift you with one of these amazing games and you're going to love it. I would go for symphony of the night because it has so much more content. And mm-hmm. over the course of that content, um, it, it, you it's, it's more expansive. It does more things and you can play it different ways. Whereas mega man X teaches you how to play. And this is how you're going to play this game for the rest of the game. Effectively, the only secrets in that game are well. No, actually, there's a good amount because there's all the different 
upgraded pieces of armor that you can get. There's the energy tanks, and then there's the Hadouken. Um, yeah, the, the the Hadouken is like is like a real pain yeah, to unlock. It's stupid though. hidden. I would not have known yeah. if it weren't for Nintendo Power. <laughs> like straight yeah. up, there's there's no way. There's no like how yeah how else would you know that unless you unless you can read code and you just you know see that there's something you know that's how it would if that game was released nowadays that's how people would have found out is they would uh, have data mind yeah that's what yep. it is so hmm. so is that clear as mud <laughs> that, well and that was like one that i was like yeah i i i really debated throwing that one into the pile yeah but i was like i was like ah <laughs> I, I think because- they have both aged v- very well I, yeah, I, it's like, you know, if somebody's like, I have to pick one, I'm like, eh, I'm, you know, I would probably say Symphony of the Night. Okay. You, you just, it's a little more bang for your buck. I would sort of echo. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, like, those are both like master's classes and they're both gorgeous. They're yeah. both gorgeous. Like, beautiful sprite work, beautiful art assets. I mean, yeah, you, you couldn't go wrong with either one. So I just, yeah. That's good. That's good. I dig it. Um, do you have another one or do you want me to jump in? Yeah. Do you, well, do you have more? I have one more. I have one I, more as well. I just, so kinda... that I, and I see my, my, well, you know, what? I'll throw my last one at you because I'm not sure that you've played either one of these. Okay. And just sort of out of morbid curiosity, um, because it's now this is we're shifting, we're getting away from the console space. Okay. So these are both PC games and in similar way, they, they are sort of two takes on the same, on, on, on a similar idea. And so I'm going to pit the original Diablo and I don't know if you've ever played it versus Baldur's Gate. And I don't know if you've ever played it, but yeah, I, ha- I haven't played either of the games. Okay. Sorry. Well, then I, I won't. Yeah, just just arbitrary pick one. We'll banish the other <laughs> one. Into the, now, I, you know, Paul, I, I know that you're probably going to hear this at some point in time. I'm interested in hearing your take on this because I think he might have played both of them. Yeah. So from what I know of the games, I would think Baldur's Gate would hold up better. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe that's just because, well, actually, I don't know the release dates at all, honestly. Um, I've heard, well, not that I haven't heard about Diablo. Ah, anyways, sorry. I feel like there's counter arguments in my head about this. But um, I, I just, Diablo has progressed so much with its other iterations. Um, it, and I say so much, it has simplified itself as well. I understand that may be a bad word to some people, but um, I have heard yeah. that with its simplification it has gotten it, it has be, it become a better experience so while uh, I, I i just think from what i've heard it's difficult to go back to the original diablo that's all that's really what i'm trying to say i i played through um a few this is a few years ago i mm-hmm. i installed it on like an old laptop or pc and i was playing okay. it for a while and it was rough yeah it was real gross <laughs> um now i i actually have Baldur's gate on this this laptop and okay i tried to sort of like fire back up a little while ago and i was like yeah i was 
Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I don't have like strong feelings either which way because it's like one of those where I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I'd probably say Baldur's Gate has like just a lot more content. It's sort of okay. a, just, I think it's a better overall experience Yeah, in a lot of ways. But anyways. Yeah, I I was like, I don't think he's played either one of those, but no. I, it might be worth the ask. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do much PC game. Like, the PC game gaming that I did growing up was DOS games. <laughs> so okay. that's that's a ho- totally different ball game. Um, and those probably don't hold up at all. <laughs> Some but, of them um, might, but... Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I guess it depends. But anyway, so so my last one, and I feel like I should have gone out with a bang, but I did this, and I kind of like uh, formulate it in the versions of like older games to newer games. So sorry, this isn't the greatest matchup. Um, but I was thinking for a long time. So looking into you know what other people had to say about uh, games that don't hold up well, this one came up time and time again, and I completely agree. Was Goldeneye 007. On Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. again, a game I loved. I've played a ton of it, but um, you do have to question, like, does it actually hold up? And I couldn't think of something to pit up against it until earlier today, um, our patron, Micah, responded. and Oh, no, actually, this was a previous... Uh, so, sorry, he had responded previously. Um, but he had thrown out there that the original Twisted Metal on on uh, uh PlayStation mm. is difficult to go back to. And I was like, "Oh, wow. I now I think I only played Twisted Metal 2. I don't know that I actually played the original." Um but that said, that while I really enjoyed it and I have great memories of it, yeah, it's 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 also a a, a jank fest. So, mm. so what do you think? Goldeneye or Twisted Metal? <sighs> Neither. <laughs> um I mean, like, I would put Goldeneye and Perfect Dark in the same camp, um, and I would throw those two and just say, like, Perfect Dark, Goldeneye, sort of, like, in one heap, and then, you know, because it's it's basically the same game. Yeah. Just with... uh, Well, then you can throw Twisted Metal and Twisted Metal 2 in the same group, too. And, yeah, I... See, this one's really hard for me because I have a lot of nostalgia tied to Perfect Dark and yep. Goldeneye. Um, mm-hmm. Like, a lot. That was, like, the roommate... That that was, like, the game that my roommates and my crew, when I was growing up, like, we would get together, sit on the couch, and uh, my my roommate from years ago, he's... he's uh, um, he might be a lieutenant colonel at this point. He's oh, wow. he's up there. He's uh, he's part. He's in the JAG Corps, the Judge Ad- Advocate General Corps. He's a lawyer. Really smart dude. Ooh. Good guy. Um, it's been entirely too long since I've talked to him. But anyways, uh, we were roommates and we would play Perfect Dark for hours. Like there, there'd be four dudes in uh, on the couch playing Perfect Dark. His arms used to just be bruised because he. <laughs> I was a terrible loser. Um, and he but always it's like, played odd job. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> no, we, we had like, it was like, dude, like if you played odd job, like you were getting beat up in real life. Um, but it was like, we, you know, we played golden eye and then, you know, hours of perfect dark hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, 
Yeah. Uh, it, 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 a lot of really great memories, but uh, I tried to go play through Perfect Dark. There was a few years ago, there was that re-release that they did, yeah. or the remaster. I've heard that one's a lot better, but... It was still not good. Based on your face, maybe <laughs> it not. Was, I mean, it looked better than the original game, mm-hmm. but just that, in a lot of ways, that gameplay doesn't... I mean, it, yeah. you know, all it was was really an uprising. Like, you know, I don't think they really changed anything mechanically. And, like, mechanically, it doesn't stand up. Yeah. Those games are really hard to go back to mechanically. Uh, I would say, like, and I didn't play a ton of Twisted Metal. Okay. I played some. (sighs) Man. They're really, yeah. I'm just even thinking about that. Like, that's not going to be fun to go back and play either one of those. Yeah. You get yourself a PlayStation Classic so you can play Twisted Metal. <laughs> I, I'm, man, like it's like none of that's going to be like a re- outside of like nostalgia. Like it, you, if you pulled somebody sort of like who had never played those games and said like, "Hey, let's sit down and play," I think, oh, I I, I completely I, agree. I yeah. I I couldn't answer this one either. Um, I I. I my nostalgia, like my nostalgia says like perfect dark and mm-hmm. golden eye are sort of like that camp. I'd probably play that, but that is solely in, because it's not good. Yeah. Like at this point in time, like it's not good. And it's sort of like, it's like it's sort of like playing between like the, de- like, you know, it's choosing between the devil, you know, and the devil, you don't sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I know that's trash, but it's trash that I know. And- uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so uh that's i mean yeah that's rough yeah Oof. right i mean this is the yeah this is what we talked about earlier this is early 3d and so it's 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 difficult to go back to but no i think that point that you made earlier is it, it sums it up so well is that if you sit down with a modern gamer who hasn't played any of these games uh i don't think you would have a good time playing any like either goldeneye or twisted metal like it just yeah i mean you, you, it seems like it would be more of a frustrating experience than anything resembling fun uh just because games have progressed and the way that you interact with them has has changed so much in in i frankly for the better so yeah yeah that, that one that well, one's just difficult oh man i i just remember like too when halo came out and we're talking about how like projectiles would have trajectories like a lot of people like when you mm-hmm. shot in goldeneye it was just a straight line out into like infinity or the void or whatever yeah and so man oh like i said a ton a ton of really good memories like busted controllers you know all that stuff um a ton of good memories tied mm-hmm. to GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. But like, man, it's just not good. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's just one of those games that it's just like, especially when you just, oh. oh, oh. Yep. Mm. Oh, man. 
so I guess that that was a, a fitting conclusion. <laughs> now that now that it's actually come out, because on paper I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure that there's much to say about it. But it's the pits. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of just the worst. I don't want to play any of those games. And so we did reach out on Twitter and on Facebook just to see, you know, what what y'all's thoughts were as well. Um, a lot of these games did come up. Um, and there, there are some others that that came up in in while I was searching that I didn't put on here just because I didn't have any personal experience with them. So that's a totally different um, subject. Mm. Um, but Mar- Metroid came up, Zelda came up. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, Twisted Metal was one of them. Um, Eric Bryant had mentioned Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Yeah, he was like, just time has been unkind to those games. Um, so some of the other ones that were mentioned, um, surprisingly, we got from uh, from Michael Baumeister, I think is how you pronounce that. Forgive me if I mispronounced your name, sir. Um, but he says, I'm currently going through Horizon Zero Dawn, and after playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Breath of the Wild before this, I'm just not as intrigued as when I first played it. So angry. <laughs> so angry right um, now. I think your reaction on Facebook was a sad face. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, sad react. So, sad, sad reactions only. <laughs> I, was, I was very surprised at that. Um, Andrew Parker said that he finally went back and played Fallout 4, and it's one of the greatest games he's ever played. And so basically every other third-person shooter um, has been difficult for him to go back to. So that's kind of the other side of the coin there of like games so good they've put you out of taste for for older games. Um but that was a that was a funny I, I thought it was a pretty funny comment. Um and then the only other game that I see here that uh we didn't mention was Micah had mentioned Parappa the Rapper for the original PlayStation. Mm. And I remember playing the demo of that one and enjoying it. I have not been back to it. Now, didn't they recently re-release that one? I said recently, within the past couple uh, of years. Sh- sh- like- there was like, a, it was either Parappa the Rapper or Parappa the Rapper 2. Um, there was a... Uh, for like the PS2 on PS4 sort of thing. Oh, okay. Okay. So it wasn't like so- mastering it was just kind of no and and i think like there were even some issues about latency with that um, oh yeah because it's a rhythm game um so i don't i don't know how i'm sure that it was fine but um mm-hmm. yeah and actually that's what micah said as well is that it's not he's not saying that proper rapper is a bad game um, but these days it just can't hold a candle to modern rhythm games. And that makes sense because we've had a lot yeah. of really good ones here Dude, lately, or so I've heard. The, well, and just even like sort of like what Harmonix did with the Rockstar games and the guitar, or not Rockstar, rock the yeah. gu- Rock Band and Guitar Hero games. Like, man, like they, that rhythm genre got got a shot in the arm and yeah. sort of almost like rebuilt from the ground up. So it's like, yeah, something like that would be really hard to sort of come back to. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, it's been a long time since I played Parappa. Um, and it, it was fun. I remember having fun with it, but it, you know, didn't really get its hooks in me. Uh, I saw in, in our discord chat with the patrons, uh, uh-huh. 
Vagrant Story came up, and that's a game that I think like it's it suffers from really terrible uh, 3D. Mm-hmm. And then just mechanically, there's some like clunkiness in the menus and combat and everything else that I really like. I look at this like Final Fantasy Seven uh, remake, and I'm like, man, I think Vagrant Story has like Vagrant Story in a lot of ways is sort of the hardcore action ARPG mm-hmm. before there was Dark Souls or okay. Demon Souls or whatever. Yeah. Like it's. It's sort of like it's got some like really wonky stuff in there. Um, I would love to see them come back and remake that game. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think you know, but that's a game that I really enjoy, and I've actually been trying to go back and and play through it and beat it again uh, in the last couple of years, and. It's difficult to come back to, but yeah. uh, I think there's nothing else sort of like it in many ways. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Well, that's good. And actually, mm. mentioning the Discord, yeah, there were a couple of responses that I had forgotten about, so you'll have to mm-hmm. forgive me. But um, uh, Wesley said that some of the older licensed Disney and Pixar games are very difficult to go back to. Toy Story um mm-hmm. a bug's life on playstation and also he mentioned the lion king and aladdin games um that are that are getting re-released here um he just said you know they're they're just he enjoys them because of nostalgia but they are rough and they're kind of boring to go back to so um that's mm-hmm. that's an interesting take just because i hadn't gone back to him in a long time but i do remember enjoying uh, those those uh, well it was actually more aladdin i didn't play much of the lion king um i always thought a bug's life was bad on nintendo 64 a neighbor kid had it and i was just like this is not for me <laughs> hmm. um, but that's just me i did really enjoy toy story on game boy though but i agree it's it's pretty terrible i just enjoyed it knowing that it was terrible um wesley also mentioned zeno gears and i think yes. like he's spot on like okay. that's a game that I really enjoyed back in the PS1 era and I think there's a part of me that has like tried to revisit that at a few different points mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say it's unplayable but I think wow. like you really do have to shift gears like you have to put yourself back in sort of like 90s RPG yeah mode um in order to to sort of handle it because i i just feel like there's a lot of it a lot of it's pacing a lot of it's just like it's it's a very slow game uh in a lot of ways Hmm. interesting interesting so that's good good call on that one wes nice that's one that i've been waiting to play i own it on you know like the the backwards or not i own it on psn um and i've been wanting to Mm -hmm. play it but i I know it's a huge RPG, and so I just kind of held off on it for now. Dude, how much do you know about that? Well, you know what? At some point in time, I'll wait till you go through <laughs> it, and we'll talk about it. Because, yeah. like, I really, I have, like, very mixed feelings. Like, there are parts yeah. of that game that I feel like are absolutely superb. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's parts of that game where I'm like, no, <laughs> no, like just where you're just like, no, they absolutely dropped the ball on this thing. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it had a um, weird troubled uh, creation, th- but it's, it's development was problematic. Yeah. Lots. They had lots of issues. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, man. All right. Well, hmm. um, you know, the games that we're talking about have been aging and uh, we also have been aging over the past two hours that we've been talking. <laughs> yeah, a little and, over, uh, little over two hours and change. That's crazy. Didn't think this. Well, I never think they're going to be as beefy of the boys as they are. You underestimate our powers. <laughs> Good at being bad at brevity. But if you didn't get your, um, you know, your games in, if there's some that you feel like we just skipped over. Um, you can contact us a number of ways and we can talk about it on a future episode. Um, you can tweet at us on Twitter. Our handle is at BB downcast. You can email us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com. We have the hashtag backlog book club on Facebook. We also have a discord server. There's a link for that in the description of this episode. And uh, then if you want to get personal, you can contact us on various social medias, uh, GG, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. I generally go by Broccolope. That's B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And you go by... Nate underscore McKeever. There you go. Um, And if you're a fan of this stuff, you know, of our two-hour-long discussions on games that may not be fun to try any longer, um, you know, you can support us a number of different ways. You can uh, rate and review this podcast. That would be really helpful. Share it with your friends. Let them know that we have discussions on backlogs and whether or not games hold up nowadays. Um, and if you really enjoy this and want to support us financially, we do have a Patreon as well that you can go check out. So, And there are, you know, and just to sort of like, you know, throw a little bit of incentive there, there are some benefits. They get That's that true. sweet, sweet, you know, concept theme song. Um, oh that, yes, you know, that's right. That 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 sweet piece of work. The guy who who sang that got golden pipes, uh-huh. golden butt rock pipes. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, and it's like you know they get the there's there's a little bit of extra content for for our patrons. Oh yeah, so that's true. um, but I think. Uh, we have sort of done the thing, man. I mean, I I want to do like fair coverage of of everything we talked about tonight, and I think I think we did that. I, I I think so. That's what I think. What do you think? I think there's still a number of games that we didn't talk about that may or may not hold up very well, but I think the discussion that we did have was uh, I think it encapsulated a lot of the issues that you see in some older games, and you know, at the end of the day. I really enjoy older style games, but I also um, fully admit that there are a lot of really good, you know, I was talking about the games that I've been playing recently, like It'll Do and Hotline Miami, use like older style templates, but make them more modern and they're better yeah. for it, you know? Like, yeah. I, I think there are some modern games that are coming out that that really, you know, even something like Bloodstained mm-hmm. that takes something old and and makes a really good version of it so you know whether or not 
you're a retro gamer at heart, I really do think it's just a great time to be playing video games. So, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think Josh. Until next time. Yep. You guys keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Good night, yeah, y'all. Boy. <laughs> <laughs>